everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today we're reviewing Season 2, Episode 6 of Strange New Worlds Lost in Translation. Of course, what we do here on this podcast is review a lot of Star Trek. We do it for fun. We love it. And like always, again, I'm your host Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting none other than Larry Irby. How you doing, man? Doing fine. How about you? No complaints. Glad to be here, man. Glad to talk this one out. Maybe I can talk me off the fence a little bit about this one because I don't <laughs> no spoilers, but I don't know if I loved it. So maybe you guys can set me off on the right path. And also on the podcast, of course, we have Mr. Jones. How you doing, man? You know what? I am ashamed that I did not give you a compliment last week. So do you mind if I give you a compliment now from last week? Uh, go for it, man. What do you got? <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it was that I was saying, but I wrote down great transition. So there was something that I said at the beginning of the episode in the first five or 10 minutes that you did an awesome transition into back into the what you wanted to talk about. So kudos to you. And <laughs> you know I'm glad what? to be here. I'm glad you held it off because as a as a podcast listener connoisseur or whatever you want to call it, one of my pet peeves is when they call out the segue in the podcast as being a great segue. It's not great anymore when they do it. So I'm glad that you held off on that. And I didn't say exactly <laughs> where it was that just enticed people to go back and listen, because Ooh. I really can't remember where it was, but it was awesome. <laughs> and you did a good job. Thank you, sir. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel to all decks. Comic-Con happened this weekend. Um, did, 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 did you guys find anything interesting coming out of San Diego Comic-Con? I love the, the Discovery trailer for the last season. It was nice. It was action-packed, as always. Uh, love seeing Michael Burnham. Uh, Michael Burnham is like, um, is like that Tom uh, Ethan Hunt. <laughs> this is like always in the middle of the action. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. It definitely seems like they were doubling down on the action in that trailer. Um, honestly, it was almost too much for me to take just for this snippet of just randomly clicking and watching. Like we're in the thick of it and some crazy ish is going on. So it was a lot for me to take in. Did you see the trailer, Kyle? I am ashamed to say that I have not. And I've, I've missed pretty much 99% of everything SDCC. So unfortunately, I haven't. And you're the comic book guy. So that, and that I strikes am, me as... But, 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 but I did see one thing coming. I got to say it because this is awesome from DC Comics. They are officially doing an animated version of my favorite all-time DC story, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Ooh. So I am excited about that. That should be good. What are, what are they doing? An, an animated adaptation of a story from 1985 called Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm. Uh, now, see, I, I, I could get excited about that, but some of those animated ones they've done are... <laughs> did you see the one on Doomsday? Yes. Oh, my God. That was a travesty. But, but usually people love the DC animated stuff, so uh, it's kind of Sometimes. surprising they had a bad one. It, oh, oh, well, I know we're getting off topic here, but have you guys seen the Superman Adventure show on HBO Max, uh -uh. which is kind of an anime-esque take on Superman? Mm, I've seen it advertised. Have yeah, you? Is it? It's interesting. I caught a few episodes. It, it, you know, it, it had had my peak manager just a little bit, so I'm enjoying it. I'll keep watching. So, mm. yeah. 
I want to give a shout out real quick to everybody in the chat. Of course, we have Win Grace, Retney, we have Tasha from After the Snap, we have Justin, and we also have Would Not Stop. Would not. Oh, I get it. I get it. Would not stop <laughs> in the chat as well. So thanks to each and every one of you guys for being in the chat. Also, we got a trailer for an upcoming Strange New Worlds episode, uh, Subspace Rap Rhapsody. Um, on that one, it is the actual, it's a lot, it's a lot of singing. It's a musical. It's a musical episode. Um, I have to ask you guys, how do we feel like, how do we feel about a musical episode being in Trek? It seems like a full blown musical episode. Now I'm sure we're going to have our scientific reasons for the singing, but thoughts. Mm. Larry, I'm curious. You're more of a Trekkie than I am. I will say I don't like it. But but I'm going to say I want to see it because I am telling you, I have watched a lot of musicals and shows that were not shows that were musicals. I watched The Flash. They had a musical episode. I don't like it. No, I loved it. Oh, okay, okay. I went back. I, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer had the. They really kicked that off. Who else had one? There's somebody else had a musical. Uh, Oh, Xena. Going I think community back. had one too, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the they community did. did. But uh, Xena, Warrior Princess, back in the day. What are they doing a musical for? Loved it. Hmm. So I always say it doesn't seem like it fits, but I'm willing to give it a shot. What's the worst that could happen? Spock's yeah. brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? Yes, I did. Which is not the worst TOS episode. Oh, it's not. I it's said not that the, the other day to somebody. You're right. I said there's at least three or four that are worse than Spock's brain. Oh, God. Mm. But yeah, um, anything else? Other, we got the early drop for the the um, Lord Dex crossover episode on le- this past Saturday, which I watched. We're not going to talk about the night, but... I have to say, um, I, I loved it. <laughs> I watched it three times. In three a day. times? In a wow. day. Wow. Wow. You know, it didn't even give me full the full week to digest this episode. An episode that I wasn't feeling all that great about, if I'm being honest. But again, <laughs> I'm on the fence. I want you guys to talk me down. Pick it up a few comments real quick. Wingrace says, simplest Strange New World's explanation could be the aliens took Mbinga's daughter. Yeah, I can kind of see them working that in, working that storyline back in. But by the way, I think we're going to get a lot of Mbinga in the next episode. I saw the, the trailer for the next one. Um, also, uh, When I Stop says, I trust these writers, as do I. I think they're doing a fantastic job. So, you know, I'm willing to eat up anything they put on my plate because they've been knocking it out of the park. It's been some ups and downs, but mostly up for me this season, and especially some episodes I thought I wouldn't love. I thought they've been fantastic. And Tasha says they promise big swings. And musical definitely counts. And lastly, last but not least, Justin34 says, I think if the reason is kind of like Buffy was, but there is an alien or group making it happen to the crew, I think the people could accept it more and it'd be very good. So... I agree with you, sir. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a very good take on it. All right. Well, guys, you ready to go ahead and get into the review of Lost in Translation? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Strange New World's Lost in Translation was written by Ornita Johnson and David Reed and directed by Dan Liu. Uhura seems to be the only one who can hear a strange sound. When the noise triggers terrifying hallucinations, she enlists an unlikely assistant to help her track down the source. 
Hmm, very unlikely assistant, I would say. So for everyone listening, if you have not seen this episode, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an undemon. That is before you sprain something. The spoiler warning has been dropped, and like always, we go right back to Mr. Jones for the beats of the episode, sometimes serious, sometimes comedic. Honestly, you never know. Mr. Jones, what do you have for us this week, sir? I have memories, cookies, groundwork, and communication. <laughs> Not the cookies on your computer, huh? That, Not the cookies you know, on your computer. They nag at you every time you go to a new web page. Not those? No, not those. <laughs> Chocolate chip, macadamia, that type. All right. I can do with that. Larry, what are your high-level thoughts of this episode, sir? I like this episode. It was not one of my favorites, but I liked it because it was kind of a classic Star Trek episode that we have a mystery. We need to solve that mystery. We need to find out what happened. And I will tell you what I love best about it. The solution was a Star Trek solution. It wasn't blowing up something. It wasn't firing phasers or torpedoes, which I love, but it <laughs> it was such, I mean, we've seen them do it before on TNG, uh, the original series where they find a, an alien and realize, oh my God, it's kind of remind me of TNG episode where they were harnessing this water or whatever, and these alien life forms were in it. Yep. And uh, Data was the only one that could do. But I love that whole thing of how it's a mystery. I kind of like the horror aspect of it. But overall, I really enjoyed that it's a standalone episode that, like we said last week, incorporated the overall storyline, but kind of stood by itself. I will say too much Kurt, though. Oh, wow. Let's we'll get into it. Too, too we'll get much into it. I'm, I'm going to put a pin in that and come back to that in just a minute. Um, and I'm going to let Kyle go. But but I'll say for me, I agree with Larry. This episode felt like a bunch of other episodes we've seen. Uh, I can't think of one in particular, but uh, well, you know what? I will say there's one similar where the aliens were we were kind of feeding on the aliens. I think it was a Voyager episode. They were using the aliens for fuel. But it wasn't the case where they couldn't communicate. They were just, I think it was the Equinox episode where they were just mm-hmm. harnessing the aliens for fuel. So it reminded me of that in some some aspects. And it's always this thing, a trek of communication, reaching out to aliens, first contact. And I think we had that in this episode. Uh, and I remember one lowly day a long time ago, I told Cal to watch The Walking Dead. And I remember telling him, it's not about the zombies. And for me, this episode was not about the sci-fi. It was about all of the interactions of the ep- episode. So many great ones. And and honestly, that's the memorable thing. That's the thing I'm going to take away all of the great interactions we had in this episode. And even the callbacks to the characters we've had had before in, in him or so. Uh, Mr. Jones, any additional thoughts before we get into the nuts and bolts? Well, I think you hit on it, Clarence, in the sense of I think the edict for this episode in particular were the character moments and the action the underlying whatever was just the action underlying whatever there was not as much at least in how it came across as much of a effort put into the actual thing that was going on 
as much as the character interactions, because that's how it felt to me. I love the character interactions. The other just kind of felt a little generic, like been there, done that. Yeah, and it felt generic. It felt a little rushed. Now, I do like the idea of us using the uh, Basar Collectors to, you know, gather this deuterium. You know, it's this thing we know they the function that they do. But I, I think the idea of aliens, aliens being in this nebula, again, nothing special, but it's interesting how they worked it into this episode. And of course, the, the title, sake of the episode, Lost in Translation, we're going to go straight to Uhura to be the one to try to figure this out. Um, title very on the nose. And one thing I didn't really like about that was the fact that, and let me get you guys' thoughts. We have um, Uhura and what's the other guy's name? Ramon were the only two that really experienced this, um, these hallucinations. To me, it would have felt a bit more plausible if it was more people. But the fact that it was only those two people and one on each ship, to me, it, it de- just didn't gel. And, you know, taking it all the way to the end, I feel like when we get the conclusion of Uhura talking to Captain Pike about it, all of it just felt very rushed and I know we say this all the time in Doctor Who, Cal. It felt too poetic and not really fit into the story. But, mm. you know, if it, you, you're telling a story poetry, it's great. It's great. Right. <laughs> but but to me, it just didn't gel with the, the story they were trying to tell. You know, I want to add something that Justin34 made in the chat. He's commented that he agrees that there is too much Kirk. He loves Kirk and what he is to track. But... He wants uh, Pike and his crew to have center stage and see what there is about and not be all about Kirk. That being said, I kind of feel the same same way. I wouldn't mind more Kirk. Let's say if we knew there were going to be four seasons of Strange New Worlds, that by the end of the third and into the fourth season, it's here's, you know, here's Kirk, here's Kirk, here's Kirk. I think I'd rather I think I would have rather have seen more Pike as well. I did like Kirk in this episode, don't get me wrong, but I think it would have been nicer to have seen more Pike. Larry, you brought up Kirk earlier. Let's let's hear your thoughts on it, man. Um but just that, I mean, like I said, we're just I it, I think we somebody had said it during um Tasha's um YouTube cast. We said um it's just like they're just shoehorning him in. To, to go, yeah, we got Kirk. Let's, let's stick him in here. Now, that being said, though, I'm going to tell you honestly, I love Paul Wesley so much in that role that I don't really mind, even though I know they're kind of overdoing it because he's such a great actor. He and uh, Celia Rose Gooding had amazing chemistry. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. But, and it's so funny, too, because she said when she was 14, she was madly in love with him as Stefan Salvatore on The Vampire Diaries. Yeah, she did say that, yeah, <laughs> in the ready room. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I really, I love Kirk and, like, you know, um, well, there's something else, but we'll talk about that when we do the other one. Uh, but, yeah, I just kind of felt like. They'll let them do their thing. You know, that was a point you could actually give him, you know, what he did to Ortegas. Cause have. I still want to see more Ortegas. We got a lot of chapel and even in Banga has not had a whole ton to do this year. So, you know, yeah, that's my thought. I mean, for me, I really didn't mind it so much. 
when I saw Kirk in the trailers early on, I was like, no, don't don't do this. <laughs> we don't need it. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and Larry, you were talking about the canon explanation for Kirk and you were lamenting that, oh, that doesn't fit in the canon. We get the canon actualized in this episode. So maybe that'll satisfy some people. But, you know, if we're going to bring him in, make him integral. I feel like I, I, I'd rather them do what they're doing than just bring him in for a just to show his face in the place and then we don't see him anymore. We are seeing the beginnings of these deep relationships that we get from him later on. Now, mm-hmm. does that, do we sacrifice some of the time we could have with the char- our characters that are on Strange New Worlds? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I still don't feel bad about it, but maybe a little less going forward would be good, but I just, I'm looking at Wind Grace's comment down here. <laughs> And I didn't notice this in the in the Subspace Rhapsody trailer, but he says he thinks this should have been it for the season. But we do see him in the Subspace Rhapsody trailer. So um, he'll be back yet again. So I don't know. I got got to say, it's almost like, if I may, it's almost like they're going, we got Kirk. We got Kirk. He's right here. You know, he's coming. We're going to show it again. And like I said, but I love Paul Wesley so much, I can't be mad, but I do kind of go, okay, guys, you're kind of overdoing it here. Mm. But in in the defense of the showrunners, we as the audience are assuming this may be around four, five, six seasons. What if there are only three seasons? Mm. Then if there were only three seasons of this, then it makes sense for uh, Kirk to be coming in a little bit more now because we've only got one more season. If that were the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and Justice says here, if we would have seen him by season four, it would have been fine. But right now it feels kind of forced. I have to kind of agree with that. But again, like you just said, Cal, we don't know how long this show is going to run. If it, if what we've seen from Paramount Plus is any indication, it's not going to make it, you know, a full seven seasons. So that might be fine for me. Again, what I really loved in this episode was Kirk's interactions in addition to others but let's just go do some of kirk's the second one on the list for kirk in this episode behind uhura is his interaction with uh sam uh we get a little sibling rivalry going on here and um, formerly their dad was the fastest one to make it to number one in starfleet at the youngest and kirk has come in his footsteps and done the same thing interesting that you have this one person here is doing xenoanthropology and one other one over here going into command. And it's like you see in any other, any, any other family, any other, um, you know, type of rivalry. We kind of had this with uh, Saru and Burnham a little bit, even though they're not siblings, but they had that type of brother, sister type rivalry going. Mm-hmm. And I just love the banner between these actors um, for us not knowing much of Sam in the original series, I just feel like they've just, just done a wonderful job of flushing that character out. So much fun. And I, by the end of that episode, I would have expected Kirk to pull back a little bit. But you get this type of unrelenting sense from Kirk that he's not giving apologies. He is who he is. He's the best and he's he knows it. And he's sticking to his guns. So Yeah. And maybe that is why he has followed in his father's footsteps of being where he's at. Mm. Yeah. Well, if you go by the historical, you know, point of Kirk made captain at 30. Okay. 
And he was never a commander. He he jumped straight from lieutenant commander to captain, you know. So which happens. I mean, that was going to happen for Riker had he not decided to go to the Enterprise. They were going to make Riker the captain of the Ares. So he would have jumped from lieutenant commander straight to captain. But I love how they're setting up, you know, because we know what happened in the menagerie and everything. So the the whole thing between Spock and Pike, I don't know. It's almost like Pike was the older brother, was like Spock's older brother. Mm. And like Kirk was his brother, like Sam yeah. is to him. Yeah. You know, so like, like I said, I enjoyed this episode. Um despite my, you know, misgivings about several things. Well, let me ask you, Larry, because you've been watching TOS a long time. You know, you're, you're a classic buff here. When you think about the relationship of Uhura, uh, uh, Kirk, and even Spock meeting for the first time, in your brain as a younger fellow, was this kind of what you had in mind? I know it's probably in books and other stuff uh, that, that we've had this meeting, but... Is is this kind of how you imagine it, or was it lesser? Uh, it's kind of really nice. It's not how I imagined it, because I just imagined them getting posted to the ship and yeah. gradually they, you know, met. But, you know, like you said, nothing's historic until you look back on it, yeah. you know? And so that moment wasn't lost on when they're sitting there and I'm going, yes, you know, you couldn't help it. Just seeing those three legacy characters because everybody else, even Pike, we know play a part in it. But those are three of the legacy that started it all. So, yeah, I was very happy. Yeah. And we talk about the difference in Nurse Chapel going forward in in TOS. I kind of had a moment with Uhura in this episode because by the end, we see her on the bridge giving the command to evacuate and, and fire. I'm like. She, that's about as bold as I've ever seen that character um, or darn near it. So to see where, again, the times, different different time when TOS was created. But mm-hmm. by the time we get onto TOS, I just feel like the camaraderie she had with Kirk in this episode was so great and so profound. It seems like that doesn't carry over. Of course, you know, different show, different time, but it doesn't carry over to TOS to me. Yeah, I think they're giving, making them a little bit more, giving us that feel of how close they'd be. The original show, they were kept, you know, everything was kind of kept super professional. But yet there was like, like when I see Chapel in this, in Ahura, I think back to Chapel and how she really had this connection with Ahura, you know, when Ahura had her, her memory, her mind wiped yeah. by, um, no bad. And, you know, they had to re-educate her and Ahura was, you know, you could just see, and that's probably Major Barrett and Michelle Nichols' real life friendship coming through. But it was a touching moment and to see them together, you kind of go, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and Wingrace makes a great point here in the chat. He says, we do see a slightly stronger Uhura and Chapel in the animated series, which, you know, Trek, shame, I haven't seen all the animated series, so... I must go. And, and speaking of that, they made an announcement at the Comic-Con that they're doing a special um, few short episodes. I think four or five episodes that are going to be styled after TAS 
um, featuring people such as uh, Doug Jones, um, <laughs> Misa Rue, William Riker. Um, there's more. There's more. I think there are like four characters they announced that are going to be featured in those, which could be interesting. I don't really know if I want the animated series style, but we'll, we'll see what they do. We'll see how they come out. So, Cal, there's a moment in this episode, and, and you tell me if this is just like the a sign of the times, when Uhura is trying to figure out how to fix the array, the communications array, she's looking at her pad at a video of her uh, previously with him or, or them doing it. So it's sort of like the generation we have now where we got to look to YouTube for everything. I thought that was pretty interesting. What do you think about him or seeing him or back for these um, heartfelt tones and also the, some of the creepiness of the episode as he's kind of a zombie zombie through parts of the episode. Yeah, totally Walking Dead vibes there. So, you know, I know you gave the Walking Dead reference earlier, but that said, I I thought it was interesting that they brought him back. He had a small part, I would say. And honestly, other than the archive footage, quote unquote, <laughs> the other zombified version of him could have been someone else. You wouldn't have known that that was him until the very end. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a good nod. Plus the fact that part of the other storyline or one of the other subplots had to do with him not being there and his death. So yes. I thought that was interesting, an interesting tie. Yeah. And I'll add for me, like just thinking about these hallucinations, I thought they were all interesting in only loosely makes sense when you think of the story because the way she the way we were explained it at the very end the way she was connecting the dots about this means that oh the view screen shattering means this uh, me fighting myself means this I'm like that doesn't mean any of the stuff you said <laughs> at least it didn't feel like it to me so again it was beautiful for the story and poetic for the story but uh, to me it, it it I really didn't tie those things together but you know I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, so maybe I don't I have no bearing. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Could it be the aliens being obviously mildly telepathic, maybe, let's assume, that their form of communication was a little bit less of her interpreting than their intent? So it may not have just been t solely her interpretation. It could have been 50% their intent that they were dishing out yeah i can i can buy that you have thoughts on that larry um not really i was kind of like i said I, for me the episode i was more like just into the whole character beats yeah yeah and everything yeah so those four characters in the the the, the four episodes they're doing for the the tas kind of remake thing are going to be Riker, saru neelix and quark thank you win grace when grace put it in the chat Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> nice. And, and Whitney writes this, when Uhura accused Kirk of hitting on her, I couldn't help but to think about that, how the characters ended up being the first interracial kiss on TV. Um, yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought about that. What about Kirk and his charisma? His um, at the bar and... He hit, he hit on Uhura in, even in the alternate universe. He was in every timeline. He can't help himself. Yeah. The universe is calling them to be together, I guess. <laughs> but I do like how it was almost a bit of awkwardness from Lon when she was like, oh, they're, they're friends? They're, you were in her, her quarters? What? She was a little jelly. Let's just be honest. She was a little jelly. Yeah. I, You know, 
like I said, I, that was so cool, man. Just seeing them together. But see, with something you said, Clarence, that I and I don't know if Kyle feels this way, but I really feel you know it was a different style of writing back in the sixties. Mm. I mean, you guys weren't born, or Kyle might have been. <laughs> No. You weren't born? You were born in the 70s? I was born in the 70s. Okay, I figured. So I knew I was the oldest. Okay. But, um, but you know, I was a, a, a baby then. So the style of writing in the 60s and 50s, it was totally different than the style of writing today. You know, if you had an old cop show or something, they didn't really, there was no camaraderie. They just kind of did the job and that was it. This is how I imagine TOS if it was written the way it is today. Mm. They would be tight. They would be hanging out. They would be doing stuff because that's how it is, especially in the military. I wasn't in, but people tell me. So, like, when I see, because I I tell you I got it playing right here. When I see Kirk and Ahura hanging out, that to me would be a more realistic than the more kind of sanitized version we got. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mm-hmm. totally agree. And then, you know, this episode also had a few action beats. Uh, well, maybe just one is a chase when when Ramon kind of fled sick bay. I, you know, I thought that was pretty fun, even though, you know, we didn't get a lot of it, but I felt like that was pretty fun to chase. You had everybody pursuing, you know, and Binga even gets sliced a little bit. I thought all that was fun and you know, Kirk doing what Kirk does again. We're talking about Kirk a lot. He's not supposed to be in the show, but <laughs> but Kirk says Ahura, um, which I thought was, you know, I thought that was pretty cool for him to do. That was a wicked scene. Yeah, that yeah. was some good special. And I, you know, my one I'm, Kyle knows this because I told him when we were before off the air. My one big pet peeve, the same one. Only Discovery has really done it right. Everybody's hanging out after. It's like, whew, we got through that. Everything's good. No, man, two of your crew members are dead. Well, yeah. one, and then the other dude, I was like, it's like, yeah, let's go have a drink. It's all good. I always hate that, man. You know, have a memorial service or something, you know? Yeah, and, and we keep getting these scenes of people getting ousted out in the space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's been a lot of them in the last few Tri- series of tracks. <laughs> These new writers and producers, they love to throw people in space, don't they? They do. They do. That's they like really do. The easy action beat. Oh, we got to come in here from Facebook users saying, um, uh, talking about the hypocrisy of Kirk giving a lecture about facing death. And and given what we learned about him and Rathacon, do you have any thoughts on that, Larry? Um, I mean, he kind of always gave that kind of information, <laughs> you know. You know, Kirk, Kirk is Kirk. He's he's not on a speech giver on the level of Pike or Picard or or even Cisco. But, you know, he, he, he's got some pretty good beats. I mean, now, just because he gives you advice doesn't mean he's going to follow it. <laughs> I mean, that's one on one, Kirk. <laughs> Stay put. Do as I say. Uh, I'll beat me down to the planet by myself with no security detail, even uh, though I'm the captain. It's like what? And we got to come in here uh, from <clears throat> would not stop says. Well, I don't think it was hypocrisy. Kirk faces death. He just doesn't ever think he could lose. Which yeah, that's a good one. That's him. I don't know. I like the winner mentality. So you know, remember what Khan said to him. He said, "I wanted." He said, "But first, I wanted you to know who had beaten you." 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Because Kirk's so cocky. He said, yeah, I wanted you to know I'm the one that, that beat you, even though ultimately I ended up getting killed. <laughs> Let's talk about Pelia. Well, first, well, before I get to that, I'll just say this episode is also about grieving for Hammer, which, you know, of course we see Aura doing, but we see Pelia and Una go at, at it. Pelia not listening to orders, kind of doing her own thing, which, you know, I think she's kind of the quirky character you're going to kind of expect to be doing that anyway. But thoughts on the Una Pelia interactions in this episode? I see you smiling, uh, Kyle. You got thoughts? Oh, absolutely. Why have you not spoken to me yet? <laughs> the but 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 that is so the epitome of a fish out of water character to her asking that question was just normal. Forget the cultural norms of politeness, et cetera, of, you know, that's just something you don't ask someone yeah. that just to me said, that's who that character is. And I loved it. Thoughts Larry on Pelia Una in this, this episode. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. That was a Ahura. That wasn't Una. Yeah, no, right. yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You get, Kyle gave us the Uhura interaction. Any thoughts on the Pelia Una interaction now? Oh, yeah. Um, see, I love Pelia because number one, Pelia is like the Guinan, but without a filter. Yeah. She's like Guinan without, and I love it. You know, like, you know, when she told Uhura, no, nah, I just said that because he died. He was actually an average student. Oh, she has the yeah. bedside manner of, of Doctor Who sometimes. It's like, oh my it's God. Like, it's like, um, I, I was like, yeah, your bones would be like, man, dang. <laughs> or, or when she was like, oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really get the mean to say he was a great student. He was just, you know, like, geez, come on. No, no, that was a bones. He would, he would say something rude like that. So. Yeah. But I love the thing with her and Una. You know, Una's going at her stuff. And, and I looked and I said, okay, wait a minute, Una. You know, you're my girl, but you got to step back a second here. <laughs> this woman is thousands of years old. She told you. Okay. Understand when Una says, oh, yeah, well, how come I outrank you? That's because Pelia wants to be where she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or it is could it? be she knew she had to be at that point at a certain time to bring Alon back to the future. Well, and- I'm sure that there's time travel shenanigans with her. If she's lived that long, yeah. like that would make her. That's why I said they should have just made her part of guiding species, but maybe yeah. they didn't want to go repeat themselves. But, you know, when she said that, and she's like, yeah, hey, if I hadn't gone and looked into it, we wouldn't have found this out. And, uh, Come to find out, Una's feeling the same. Wait, wasn't just the C she got at the academy. Yep. It was the fact that you know she missed him or too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Una even calls her a space hippie, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> which she had never been called before. Which is really a lot of characters that Carol Kane plays. Really, just hippie in general. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Like you should have seen her on the Incredible um, Kimmy Schmidt. Uh huh. Or whatever, I think I said that wrong, but it's Kimmy Unbreakable. Schmidt. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She was kind of like a hippie <laughs> neighbor in that, too. Same thing with Gotham. So, yeah, that's her true, true character. True. Yeah, I just thought she was fun. I, I To me, she's one of those characters uh, I thought I would never love. But for some reason, I've, I've, I've grown. She's grown on me as she's growing 
onto people on the ship. So I guess that's the purpose. But, yeah, I'm starting to dig her a little bit more. So uh, I want to see more Pelia, but I think what they're doing and I'm going to be mad. I'm going to start loving her and then something is going to happen and we won't see her anymore. So I don't think we're going to lose Pelia. Okay, we need to, you I know, don't, we need to make clearance for another, you know, engineer sometime here in the future. Yeah, but man, we got like eight <laughs> years for that dude to come up. You know, that's who I'm thinking they're going to give us, though. I, yeah. you, how much y'all want to bet me that hey. at least in season three or four, depending on how the strike goes, oh, I say boy. solidarity for the writers and actors. Yeah. Just want to say that. Uh, but. Uh, how much you want to bet Montgomery Scott doesn't show up? Yeah. And okay. Well, let me ask you this. Does he have to do the accent? We're respecting the accent, right? Oh, because, yeah, you got hmm. to do the but, accent, man. Because man, I, I just wished Paul Wesley had more Kirkisms. He doesn't have any Kirkisms. He's, he's, he's doing a great job, but he is being 100% his entire self. He 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 doesn't exude Kirk in any sense other than having a little charisma. I'll give him that. Y'all think so? No. To me, he totally got the swag of Kirk. Like when he walks into a room, he's like like William Shatner. When he walked into a room as <laughs> Kirk, he's like, "Yeah, I'm the smartest person in the room. Even though Spock is, I'm still gonna carry myself like I am." I yeah. feel like he does that. He walks in. Yeah, I know all these people. Mm. Some of them have more experience. I'm still better. Now, I know I'm about to speak heresy for Star Trek, <laughs> but I'm starting to like him better than uh, Shatner's cart. How Just dare you. I say. You, you, no, I'm getting off the stream now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I want to mention, I love the the kind of BC story, I guess a C story of uh, showing a little bit of um, Uhura's background, her parents getting killed, very tragic. She reli- revisits those moments and so i thought that was very touching so yeah that, that was pretty interesting um a few comments from the chat real quick before we start the wrap up here when grace says pele will leave and suggest a promising young scottish student of hers to take that's her place true. that's true so i get that and we have also lee here hey lee says i would love to see chris duhan show up as a new as the new to the ship Montgomery Scott, that would be cool. Let's bring his son in. That would be awesome. Let's make it happen. They're too old, though. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, maybe. I know we got 41-year-old, <laughs> awesome. 20-something-year-old Kurt walking around. but Well, yeah, let's talk about that. So this is the youngest first officer in Starfleet in this version of Kirk. But Paul Wesley is a 41 years old, whereas William Shatner was in mid-30s when he was Captain Kirk. And um, yeah, mid thirties. And uh, wow, what's the guy? Chris Pine was like twenty nine when he played Kirk, so he's our oldest Kirk to start off with. And he now he's playing the youngest to come through the ranks. I don't know. They can they, they can make it look younger. I mean, he he looks pretty young. So uh, another comment. Uh, Derry says yes, Clarence. I don't feel like it. Don't feel like Kirk Hume. I don't feel like it either. It just you know I love the performance, but it's just going to take a little bit more for me to buy it. You know, I just want him to just do a, one of those Kirk movements, or a quick turn like Kirk does. And I'll be I'll be sold then. So, let's... oh, no. <laughs> the, you I need the affectations just a little bit. Sometime William would just be over the it would just be old. Bill would be over the top, man. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> he, like, would. he always had to hit the table. It's so great. Like, oh, Bill, man. Stop hitting the table. Please. Oh, man. 
I was just watching the episode. Is it um, Gods Among Us or Gods? I can't remember the name. It's something with Gods in the title. And the, the guy was playing, he was shape-shifting into Kirk, but the reaction he gives is like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I think I posted it on our YouTube channel in a short, so check the it shape out. shape yeah, it's the one when they went to the prison planet. And oh the dude, no, you yeah. talking about the movie? You talking about the under? No, 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 no. It's not. No, it's not the movie. It's not the movie. Really? It's, an, it's a season three episode where they go to a prison planet, and um, one of the prisoner learn prisoners learn. Oh, whom God's destroy is the name of the episode. Thank you, okay. Facebook user. And one of the prisoners shape shift into the attendant or the <laughs> supervisor. And he like tricks everybody, and he shape shifts in the Kirk. It, 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 it's, it's an okay episode. But it's a very funny episode. All right. And any other thoughts from this episode while we kind of wrap up here? I think I'm all tapped out on the notes I had here. I'll add what you said, Clarence, and add on to it. I do love the fact that we get to flesh out a lot of these characters like Chapel and um and Banga and Pike and Spock, to be honest. Because yeah. when people, you know how we say people get all up in arms about stuff, but I always say, how much do you really know about that character? Yeah, true. You know what you saw. You don't know who their cousins and aunts and uncles. You don't know what they could have done that you didn't see. So I like the fact that they add in about um, Uhura. You know, Nichelle Nichols pretty much wrote just a, a lot of that stuff. She set up her background because mm. it was she didn't even have a first name until Nichelle actually chose that name for her. Mm. You know, so I love to see them carrying on her legacy and giving this character the, you know, the what it deserves, the respect it deserves. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. I love how they're giving these characters more backstory and flushing them out. You know, I think we're going to have a big Mbinga episode coming up. So, um, yeah, the fact that they can do so much with these characters, I just find really freaking awesome. And also, you know, we get a little bit more of uh, uh, Chapel and Spock in this episode as well, as they kind of get their relationship going a little bit. So, uh, no setting us up for the downfall on that one, I hate to say, but... I'm loving it right now. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and get ratings for this episode. I think you talked me up just a little bit. I was coming into this with a three until I saw Tasha's stream. They talked me up to a 3.5. And I think you guys have talked me up just a little bit more. So I'm gonna go to 3.8 for this episode. I think when you talk about all the interactions um, for the first time with some characters and just the moments, the moments were great. The sci-fi part of it, you know, Kind of cookie cookie cutter for Star Trek. I'm not going to say cookie cutter in general, but, you know, it's kind of sort of what we've seen before in in some senses. But, yeah, I'm going to give this a 3.8. Mr. Jones, how do you rate this episode, sir? So because a wise man once said you can do pretty much any and I'm paraphrasing. You can do pretty much anything with sci fi as long as you give me a an answer. So since the wise person once said that, I'm going to give it a 3.9. All right. 3.9 for Mr. Jones. How do you rate this, Larry? Well, I'm going to go higher than you guys on that one because I'm going a... What was yours, Clarence? Mine was a 3.8. Okay. Yeah, I'm going a 4.2. 4.2 for Larry. All right, guys, <laughs> in the chat, how do you rate this episode? How did you feel about it? Out of five, put it in the chat. We're seeing some stuff coming right now. Retney says... Uh, uh, I'm a sucker for problem solving. She gives it a five out of five. 
Uh, Would Not Stop gives it a four out of five. Justin 34 gives it a 3.5 out of five. Good episode. And Tasha, our friend Tasha, gives it a four out of five. So, hey, it looks like this was a pretty well received. Oh, and of course, our friend Win Grace gives it a 4.5 out of five. So, dang, Win Grace. Yes, yeah, it looks like everybody was pretty up on this episode. So, that's good to see. You know, we're not all going to love it, but. I think in general, we all liked it pretty well. Mm. And I think if if you want to hear news about the um, the animated series remake shorts, I think Min Grace has something about that on his yes, channel. Yes, he does. So you should definitely go to his YouTube channel and check that out as well. As well as going to our friend Tasha's channel and checking out the stream she did today, which was a lot of fun. All right, guys, it's been fun. Thank you all for joining us in the chat. Until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.